The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Checking the resume, two thumbs down is what they say Hello, hello, you are back inside the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine. We're streaming on the web at KUCI.org. We podcast every awesome minute of this show. You can check us out at KUCI.org, click on archives, scroll down to podcasts. We are there under the chat room. I just learned last week, I think I announced this last week, you can only find us by using the Firefox browser. If you use Safari or any other browsers, um, I've been having troubles. So use your Firefox browser to find us there. Otherwise, it leads you into this RSS feed nightmare. Uh, but we are uh, we are up there and available for your listening pleasure. I am your host, Marie Stone. I'm on with my co-host, Dana Flores. How are you, Dana? Good. I am good. How are you, Marie? I'm good. I'm good. We're missing you down here joining us live. Oh. I miss your I miss your colorful socks that you bring on every week, but that's okay. That's true. Can you describe them slowly? Yes. Red. Awesome. And then more red. And then a little more red. And then a white stripe. And then another white stripe. Oh, I can I, I know those socks. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> So we are, uh, we are on this week, actually, with a, a more serious topic, the chat room. Um, the Facts of Life was a show when I was a little kid, and they always said, you know, when episodes like this would come on, they'd say, a very special Facts of Life. This is a very special chat room. Uh, we're tackling the, the more difficult topic of abortion this evening, and we have two guests, Elizabeth Zero, who uh, hopefully you had just listened to on Zero Talk the hour before this. Hello. Hello. And, uh, and my co-host on, um, on uh, Writers on Writing, Barbara DeMarco Barrett, is joining us, too. Hello. Hello. I can't hear you so well. You can't hear me? Oh, your mic's turned the wrong way. Yeah, yours goes that way in this way. These are annoying mics. You have to. <laughs> They're all different. You They're can hear me now? Yeah, perfect. I can hear you now. can hear you now. So we are talking abortion today. Elizabeth and Barbara have been incredibly generous um, with uh, offering up their stories, their personal stories, with this important topic. And um, so why don't we uh, why don't we dive in, um, Elizabeth? Let's let's start with you. So um, <laughs> yes. So take us uh, take us through your. Just give us kind of your story, your um, when you found out you were pregnant with an unwanted pregnancy. I'll put some, <laughs> um, 
I'll put some statistics in in the middle yeah. of this, but okay. I'll, let you, uh, I'll um, let you lead off with your story. Well, I've had two abortions. I've had uh, one miscarriage, so I've had to have a DNC as a result of that, and I've had two adult children who are uh, now 24 and 22. So, um, yeah, I've been pregnant a lot, and I know what that's like, and... Um, you know, I had to, when I had to go and get an abortion, I was certainly unplanned. I was very young. And, how, old, um, how old were you? 18. Okay. So it was pretty traumatic. And um, and then, you know, by the time I got pregnant with my son, uh, who's now 24, uh, you know, I had already had another one and a miscarriage. And I had I just decided I couldn't do that. It was not for me. And yet, because he was also unplanned. And it was the best decision I made. I have two lovely adult children who you know, I adore. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, the short version. So you're, you're 18, you're with a guy who is your serious boyfriend, not serious boyfriend? Mm, Well, you know, as serious as you can be when you're 18, yeah. And how long have you been together? (laughs) I'm like, oh my god, I'm so old, I don't even, I don't know, we were like, we went to prom, you know, he was like my high school boyfriend, um, I, you know, less than a year, probably. Okay. So. And he took the, so then, uh, you suspect you're pregnant. You take mm-hmm. a pregnancy test. Um. After you've been late Yeah, for I don't remember how. I guess I must have taken a pregnancy test, or maybe I, I don't remember how I found out back then. They didn't really have pregnancy tests back oh, you're in not 1984. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't really remember. I guess. Planned Parenthood? Yeah, I mean, I must have gone to Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. And that's where I ended up having an abortion as well. Okay. So I don't remember. Yeah, I must have, like, missed my period and started to go. Something mm-hmm. was not quite right. Yeah. And then you told him. But I felt completely different. And every time I've ever been pregnant, immediately, my whole body, chemistry, everything, you can feel, you know, it's just it's like an unremarkable feeling of life. And your hormones are surging. And, you know, you have the symptoms, nausea, right, swollen right. breasts, that kind of stuff. So you find out you're pregnant... And you, is the decision just, you, you know what you're going to do, or was there a long period of debate? Oh, you know, you don't, I never thought about it before. I never, so, yeah, I had no idea what to do. And it was very traumatizing. I was really, and actually, it wasn't really traumatizing to begin with, because I was just like, well, you know, oh my God, what do I do? And we have to talk about this, and... You know, and we were dating and in love, and it was sort of like, well, should we have it? And we kind of talked about that. And then, you know, once that that option was posed to my mother, it was just like, you know, my parents were like, no way in heck are you going to do that. And so it was sort of like you're having an abortion, kind of a, you're going to have this. And so I sort of thought, well, okay, I'll just do that. And when I went to Planned Parenthood, they said, I said, is there a baby? And they said, no, it's literally the words were, it's just a blob of tissue. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. So I had an abortion. But then I really wasn't prepared for how I was going to feel after the abortion. Um, It was so, um, I don't know, I just felt um, shameful. Mm-hmm. And and it was it, it wasn't anything that it, nobody was shaming me. No one was saying what you did was wrong. I had no idea or felt that it was. It was just a physical like I had and I felt I had taken a life. I felt like if this is something I definitely, you know, I did. I was not happy about. It. And I had planned to go and spend the weekend with my sister who was married at the time and her husband because I just didn't want to go home to my mother's. But I didn't even want to face them. I was like not willing to even. I didn't even want to see my sister who I adored and she was going to be there for me. Um, and I just went home to my room and hid for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So this is 1984. Mm, yeah, 1984-ish, right? yeah. 
and how readily accessible Planned Parenthood was sort of down the, they were the game in town. Very accessible. Yeah. Okay. There was no problem at all. It was literally like they had, they just lined up women and it was like, it was like an in and out, you know, and you had heating pads and you would just, you know, and then you go, when you were done, you came out and you sat there with your heating pad. Um, and then they made sure someone was there to drive you home, and I just, no one was there. I went by myself, and I said, oh, well, they're waiting for me downstairs, and they let me go, and I just drove myself home. So, very upsetting, actually. Yeah. And then, how long until the second pregnancy happened? Uh, A couple years later, I believe. And was that an easier call at that point? Um, It seems seems like it'd be more difficult. No, I was just in a very rebellious, I moved to California by myself, when I was 18 after that and I was just on my own and it was unplanned and I just was like oh god I can't even deal with this now and I did it and I felt horrible and then I just moved past it and then after that the next time I got pregnant I was like I'm not I'm not going to have another abortion and I ended up having a miscarriage um, but I had made the decision after that after the second time I was like this is ridiculous and this is I, I was just couldn't even handle it physically it was just like such a I don't know I can't really describe why it was traumatizing to me because at the time I didn't have any belief about I mean and I should start off by saying I'm pro-choice for sure all the way but I still think that at some on some level it is murdering a, a person it's a, a baby but I think that's my choice and um, certainly don't want to ever legislate morality for anyone or create a, a bad situation of a woman having an unsafe abortion right um, so but yeah it's, and you know I just that's just how I feel I can't really say why well I can there's a few things but I'll let you continue i could just keep talking (laughs) no why don't you say why um well i definitely feel like it was there was a life inside of me and i could feel that life leaving and now having had children and i understand what you know actually does you know when a baby comes to full term and raising a child and now they're both adults um i see that those were probably people and um but i think that at some level you know we're put on this earth and we of course you know men humans have to legislate each other to some degree in order to not have absolute chaos and um and that's fine you know we either have to have laws you know if you go around murdering people you're crazy you need to go to prison but you know especially because christians are so forthright and as far as leading the movement against abortion and the right to life it seems like on some level you have to, and this is only based on what I believe, and there's no other reason than my own intuition or just my belief, is that, you know, it would be nice if people would just let God legislate for the unborn. And so I, and I think that, you know, I have to answer to God, nobody else. And each woman should have the right to do what she wants with her body and answer to the higher power of God. Or let, you know, as a Christian who's against it, you, you could say, you know, it's not my problem, I'll let them deal with it. Of course, they have the whole conscience to deal with, but I think if you, I think it's really dangerous to legislate morality on any level, because when you do that here, it transfers over to the Middle East. I mean, look how they're legislating morality for women over there. And I mean, where does it start? Where does it end? It just can keep going until you get your nose cut off and acid thrown in your face and you're, you know, no. you know, can't get an education. So I think you have to just not legislate morality for women or anyone. How much of a choice did you feel like it was yours versus yours as a couple? Like how much how much say did the guys have in this? Oh, it was totally my choice. Yeah. And did did that feel like an unfair burden that oh, these guys, you know, I mean a choice is a burden, right? I mean it's No, but I was I was talking to um Mr. Zero that I was going to be talking to you about this tonight and I was just talking to him a little bit about abortion and 
I said, well, how would you feel if I got pregnant now and I said I was going to have an abortion and it's your child and you really wanted the baby? Like, how would you... F it's funny that you asked me that because I didn't know you were going to. But I was curious, his answer, because I thought, I thought about that. Because I certainly didn't occur to me, you know, when I was, you know, 18, like 19 or 20. To even ask their opinion. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even like, what do you think? What do I think? Yeah, as far as that. I think it's a responsibility to, to I mean, the, a choice is a responsibility. And so for you to have to bear the entirety of that brunt when he was 50% responsible for the predicament you got into and him not to have to bear any of the responsibility. I mean, I wonder, you're obviously living with this weight on your chest now, 20 plus years later. Oh, I don't have the weight. I feel fine. I'm fine with my decision. I abs absolutely feel forgiven and I've moved past it. It's just what I did and I have, I'm not, you know, I don't think God's going to punish me or but not I mean, let I me wonder, into heaven. Does he even think about it? Does it even enter his head at this point, wherever he is? Um, yeah, I've talked to him about it. It does. He has kids and he's happily married. But my thought is, you know, what right, you know, if it's half the man, I mean, the man, obviously, it's his seed. And so how much of a right does he have, you know, like, that seems sort of like that's, that should be an issue, too. Like, what if a guy really wants the baby and you don't, you know, can he make you carry his child forth? And that, that, that's the only thing that sort of complicates it for me, I think. Yeah, yeah good point because if you're going to make them responsible for either paying for half of the abortion or paying for half of this child's life and education upbringing they should be have those rights it seems it seems like but but then you're giving men rights over women's bodies again and you can't right it's a conundrum yeah <laughs> You are tuned into the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are on with Elizabeth Zero and Barbara DeMarco Barrett chatting about abortion. Uh, so, Barbara, I'll turn, I'll turn to you to tell your, tell your story. Tell my story. Um, a little similar, but I'll, I'll start out by saying I think this is really complicated. I can hardly see you through all these, no. <laughs> all these metal I know. mic stands. Um, yeah, it's really complicated. But anyway, my story, let's see, um, early 20s, living with my boyfriend in college, and, um, you know, we talked about, you know, we weren't using birth control, mm -hmm. so we are talking about what would happen if, and he's like, oh, we, we'll deal with it, whatever, you know, whatever happens. So then it happens, and he's like, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, that's. And so hmm. I think at that moment I fell out of love with him. I mean, it was just immediate. I immediately just looked at him and went, I don't know you. You know, mm -hmm. I thought I knew you. And um, I had one friend I confided in. She was an older friend. She had kids. And um, a poet in Vermont where I went to school. And I, you know, I felt like I couldn't bring it to my family. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know what to do with it, and um, Planned Parenthood or whatever was just so easily accessible mm -hmm. that um, I think I was probably four weeks and what pregnant when I had an This abortion. was in the 70s? Yeah, it was the late 70s. Late 70s, okay. So, so this is, yeah, so, it's, uh, so we're post Roe v. Wade. And yeah, way past. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, when abortions became... I think um, around 1972. Mm -hmm. 
Right, right. More mainstream. But more mainstream. Well, like, legal. Yeah, legal in 72, but yeah. then yeah. like... More mainstream. Really well, they were pretty mainstream at this point. Well, so. I was born in 1966, and my mother definitely, one of the things she said to me was, you couldn't just get an abortion no. when I got pregnant with you. And I was like, thanks, Thank mom. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. No, actually, I was working um, in 1971, I think it was. I was a counselor at a crisis intervention center, and um, abortion was, was legal in New York, as okay. I recall. And we were bringing a girl there to have an abortion, and it turned out she wasn't even pregnant. You know, we drove wow. two hours up to New York from Pennsylvania. So, I mean, it was legal there, but not in Pennsylvania, and then, you know, here and there. So I'm confused when pregnancy tests came on the market, because you're saying you didn't have mm. access to pregnancy tests. I it think I like did go to a... It was planned. When you said that, yeah, I kind of vaguely remember going to, into the clinic. But, yeah, the boxes, I mean, that came about, wow, when? I don't know. Yeah, you can, get a, you can get a bladder infection test now, like in a box. You don't have to go to the doctor anymore, but it's so great. <laughs> Not that I ever get that, but you know. Yeah. You never have to go to the doctor for anything anymore. I, I, I don't. I have a sprained ankle. I'm not going. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. So how long so were you into the pregnancy before you four decided? Weeks. Four weeks. Well, no, I was, I, my appointment was for, as soon as I knew, and he said that, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I went, I'm a student. I have no money. What am I going to do? I mean, I had no idea. And so, um, yeah, so I was four weeks. Okay. And you went to Planned Parenthood as well? Well, you know, I went into Burlington, Vermont, which had a university. And so, um, I don't know if it was Planned Parenthood or what it was. It must have been. It must have been. I think that's all that was around then that was was doing abortions. So, it was... um, Yeah, it seems like they... I mean, unless you're going to, like, a doctor. Like, when yeah. I had a miscarriage, I actually had to go to the doctor into the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they gave me a DNC because I had, they had to clean me mm-hmm. out. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's probably sort of, they are the only, I don't know, then, if there's anybody else doing yeah. it really now. I mean, now, like, there's all kinds of yeah. places. But, but then yeah. I, I think that was it. Right. And um, I actually ended up writing and publishing a short story about it called Quickening. Mm. Because, and then it was my senior project, and mm. and my ex-boyfriend came to the reading, and, you know, he's all over the story, and he's sitting there going, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, and then I saw him years later, he came out here, and he's like, that was the happiest time of my life, I don't know why I ever did that, I'm like, oh, well, too late now. Too late now, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Too late now, but, um, mm. yeah, so, but I didn't, you know, I didn't feel, I don't think I really felt much about it right afterward, I mean, I felt bad, but I didn't. I didn't really feel much about it, and then I, because I was more involved with, like, Eastern religions that, for a long time, that talked about conception, or, or there's no, nobody there until three months in. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is four weeks, nobody's there. It's just tissue. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't until, um, probably until I became a, ca- returned to the church, because mm-hmm. I, was, I was raised a Catholic, left for years, went to India, did all that for years and years, and then returned and that's probably when sort of the sadness came over me Mm -hmm. that I had just Mm -hmm. buried for so long that I just felt like oh my gosh you know what did I do it's interesting Mm -hmm. your story so it's interesting that you felt a certain amount of I don't know if the word is shame but you say you didn't go to anybody you didn't feel like there was anybody you could trust to tell it wasn't trust I think it was I don't know what it was it wasn't trust though you know I mean I I wasn't it wasn't that someone was going to think badly of me. It was just, um, you know, it was like everybody was sort of my age and younger. And so I wanted to go to somebody that I 
that was an adult and this Mm -hmm. friend of mine had little kids and felt like she was kind of wise and she would help me Mm, yeah and why get all kinds of input you know it's like i couldn't talk to my mother about it right because she would have barbara have you ever seen um the movie silent scream i have yeah, that was that's go, that's a movie that goes around a lot, mm-hmm. and I saw that through our church when I was um, I raised my children at Calvary Church in mm-hmm. Costa, in uh, Santa Ana, and I remember just giving birth to my daughter, and that movie kind of came around through our church, and I remember holding her after nursing her, and watching it, uh, you know, and standing in front of the TV, and I remember just sobbing mm-hmm. all of a sudden because it was what it is. And for those anyone who doesn't know, Silent Scream is they do a sonogram on a woman. And then they give her an abortion, and you can actually see the baby being ripped mm-hmm. out of her and ripped apart. And um, it's pretty violent. It's pretty mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. 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 So that definitely, I think I revisited yeah. this situation back, you know, after that. Right, right. Yeah, it was interesting how long it, it was all in there, how long until I actually felt emotions over it. Yeah. Know? And then the emotions just stayed and stayed and... And I remember, um, I, I was—I think I went back into therapy, and I also had a good friend who was a monsignor at our church, um, an older Irish man that I loved. And um, and he said, you know, I went to confession, and he said, you know, God forgives you. Why can't you forgive you? Hmm. Well, I don't know, but I can't. He's hmm. like, maybe you yeah. need therapy. <laughs> and, so, and so actually, I said, well, I'm, I'm going, and the therapist that I went to practiced um, EMDR, mm-hmm. which is, you know, eye movement, desensitiza- desensitization something, which kind of brings you back to a, the traumatic moment, and it's used a lot on, you know, trauma victims, you know, veterans, I mean, you know, wh- where there's something that happened, there's a moment you can pinpoint, and you kind of go back into it and release it. Right. Is and that the premise where the trauma gets trapped inside yeah. your body, and yeah. you have to be able to release it and right. obviously move past right. it? Yeah. And that's yeah. what I did. So it was it was sort of between. Um, I think there's a book called Chasing the Tiger. Is about that. Is that what you just? I don't know if that's yeah. what it is, but there there's yeah. been a number of books about somatic it. therapy. I think that's similar to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's you know, when I heard about this, it's like EMDR. What is this? And I went online, and there was all these scientific, you know, there was proof that right. it worked. And yeah. so I went, okay, well, I'll do this, and and it actually kind of lifted that's all good. that a combination of. Father Bill and EMDR kind of lifted it. Because I was just sad every day. Every day I was just upset. But you wrote the short story before all of the emotions sort of hit you. Yeah, and it was very, it was, you know, I've always thought, you know, take life and make fiction out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I did. But And it was, I think it was an emotional story, but it was more of a detached, it was very detached, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, very detached story. It'd be interesting if you wrote about it now mm-hmm. versus then. Yeah. You know, and what, how different it would be. Right. Dana, are you still with us? Yes, I am. I'm <laughs> listening intently. It's time for you to tell us about your abortion, Dana. Yeah. <sighs> this is very close to my heart. Actually, I haven't had any, and I haven't um, induced any, or I haven't been the cause of any, as far as I know. But I have had three girlfriends that have had abortions. Oh. And I didn't realize what it meant, but it might have meant that they're actually open to having sex. It might have been just a hint. (laughs) Um, Because some of these relationships, we never even went that far. It could have been their way of saying, you know, make a move, bro. 
But I can tell you one thing. Wait a minute. Um, Wait, you're saying that the that the girl telling you she had an abortion was her way of making a move? No, in hindsight, I wonder is what I'm saying. Or maybe just sharing like a really tender part of herself. <laughs> yeah, know? that sounds a little closer. <laughs> you know, well, like this guys are just like them, yes. she walked in the but room, and I think she wanted to have sex with me because she breathed. <laughs> yes, good one, excellent. Um, I that was only one of them actually, and it was because she had divulged that before we were very close. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, is this broad trying to tell me that it's. It just seemed a little sudden. Or maybe you're right. Maybe she just was kind of, um, she needed someone to tell that to. But either how, I have had three girlfriends that um, admitted to me that they had abortions. Mm-hmm. And at fir- I didn't really know what to think of this. This is not really something that I get in the middle of because it's not really my fight. And I don't think I, I fight for choice because I believe that's what people should have. But I really kind of stand behind women on this because I don't, I really, this isn't my thing. But I can just tell you that the thing I'm gleaning from your experiences, what I know about Elizabeth and what I know about Barbara and what I know about one of the girls that had two abortions also, is that they had children later. And I wonder, would they have had double the amount of children? No, I wouldn't. So is it... I know it's upsetting. It's, and that's the thing that I think comes to the forefront. It's not that abortion's bad. It's that there are some consequences that are serious that nobody really talks about. Yes. Correct. Yeah, and absolutely. How do you support each other? You can't really support each other, right? Because you all go into an- anonymity afterwards, kind of. That's it. That is a question that I was going to ask both of yeah. you because it sounds like you really shut yourselves down from other. You know, the, there wasn't a community of women or friends oh, or yeah. moms mm-hmm. or grandmas or you know whatever the community of women are that you hope are the women who have your back. Even now, like people wouldn't say, "Oh, I you know I just got an abortion." You know, they'd yeah, say, yeah. "Oh, I just had my face done or like <laughs> whatever, or had lipo." Right. Before they'd tell you that. You know, that's interesting because after, uh, soon, a- soon after that, I graduated and left Vermont and went to San Francisco and had the wildest life I could possibly ever have. I mean, the after things, that. After that. Hmm. The things I did. I mean. What'd you do? Wow. <laughs> the things I did. Like what? I think we were going to talk about that on another show. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it was so wild. It was almost like. I don't know, can I forget that person and become somebody else? So I tried on this and tried on that. and try, You know, right. it's really interesting. And I, I haven't thought about that until this minute, that it's, it followed so close yeah. behind that action. Right, mm. right. That you felt like you had to go down all the possible paths, yeah, do you think? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, because it was, whoa. Yeah. I mean, you think about all the consequences that come from from an abortion but then you think about if you'd taken the path not taken with any of those kids Mm -hmm. uh, or you know would potential fetuses um you know putting somebody up for adoption i think is a lifelong you're gonna have to wonder about that even more than the rest of your life Um, raising a child when you're 18 or 21 by probably by yourself without the financial means that you have Mm -hmm. later on in life that's heavy consequences i don't know yeah, I don't know, but then, you know, I don't know. I think it's complicated now, and, and this morning, because of the show, I'm thinking, you know, because now I have an 18-year-old, and um, 
And I was thinking, you know, what if, what if I had aborted? I mean, it was never a question. I got pregnant. I try, he was coming. Right. But I mean, now I think, what would, all that I would have missed mm-hmm. and all that he would miss because he's not here, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, life works out how it's supposed to. And everybody, you know, has their own script. And, you know, people want to say, oh, well, you have to do it this way. Um, I do. There was a gal um, in our church who um, we knew who was not married and got pregnant out of wedlock and gave it up for adoption. And uh, because, you know, she really was, you know, did not believe in having an abortion. Um, And it was extremely difficult for her. I talked to her afterwards and it was really, I mean, she was an adult woman and then she ended up getting married like a year later and having a baby like right away. And so, and that was hard too because she kept thinking about this other little girl and, you know, and then I know a lot of people who have adopted too. Of course, it's the selfless thing to do. If you can, you know, if I had to make the decision now and I would not have an abortion, I would have a baby and I would, you know, if I had, if I was still young and I couldn't, you know, take care of it, Mm -hmm. I would certainly give it up for adoption. But, um, but that's, that's an extremely difficult choice, but you know, it's, it's every woman's choice. And I just, I wish that Christians could really go back to, to the point of God is our judge. And if you really look at the Bible and you really, and study it, which I have extensively, um, we are not to, you know, stand in judgment of each other. We are to hold other Christians accountable. And, but if someone else is not practicing what we're practicing, we're not the judge. God is. And if people could just really let go of that, you know, in so many levels, it's like, you know, what's going on in the Middle East right now, you know, these, you know, they're judging America. And, you know, there's a, there's a, um, a ransom for Prince Harry's head because of his naked pictures being shown. You know, they want to kill him um, for being nude and, and, you know, in a private party. And and that's his right to do that. You know, they want to kill Americans for a lot of these legislation. You know, this morality is basically the whole, I guess, jihad deal. And, um, you know, I just, I couldn't, I can't say enough that I really think people just need to all lighten up. So if you, you all, you both have um, adult kids now, mm-hmm. newly adult uh, <laughs> kid, and I mean, I, I know you would hope that if your kids found themselves in the situation that they would come to you in, a, in an act that you couldn't do with your parents when it happened. You, you did go to your mom, and she said, absolutely don't. Elizabeth. Oh, but yeah, even when I was pregnant with my now 24-year-old son, they were like, you having children is not like having puppies and i'm like uh <laughs> no, i'm like yeah it is because they throw up and they poop and <laughs> you know snuggling and whining and what would, what would you what would you both advise kids at this oh with your my children, children i've told them especially because my daughter you know she's like a hippie and she thinks the rhythm method works and um i said to her absolutely i, I hope you choose not to do that i really hope you never go through that i, I you know and then i buy her giant boxes of condoms every time i go to target um, and she's in a study relationship with her boyfriend, but you know, ultimately it's her decision and, and I would be very sad and, you know, hopefully she won't tell me if she decides to do that because it would just really, I would feel really sad about it, but, um, I still love her and respect her and it's her choice. So Absolutely. you wouldn't want her to tell you if she went through an abortion? You if wouldn't she, want it? Yeah. If she, I mean, if she needed my help or, um, you know, I would certainly be there. I'd take, I'd support her and help her through it. Um, wouldn't pay for it, but, um you know it's it's absolutely you have to let and then i just ha- you know you once you have a child they're not really your kid you turn them, that child over to god because ultimately whatever's going to happen they're in god's hands you know you do the best you can but ultimately you know 
we will all be judged if we believe in whatever who's going to judge us or, or maybe not maybe you know whatever you believe is what you're going to is your reality how old was she when you were pretty open with her about your abortions oh gosh i think i only told my children when they were nearing 17 or 18 i didn't tell them a lot about my past um because they really didn't care or need to know and they still don't really know and they still kind of don't care what know. what prompted you to tell her tell them uh well she had a steady boyfriend and i said you know are you using birth control but i taught when my kids were like 12 years old i gave them books you know about uh, sex and contraception and everything having to do with that um and so and, and they were age appropriate and gender appropriate for for those purposes so i've always been really open you know but they just are like mom mom you know shut up how about you because you're pretty protective of travis yeah. Were you open with him about this? Oh, no. Yeah. Not unless he's listening. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, at some point, uh, I'm sure I'll talk to him about it. And, I, I mean, we've talked around it, you know, and, and Brian has a son he doesn't see mm-hmm. that's, that he hasn't seen since he was 13. And, you know, we've talked about how um, Brian and Brian's ex, how they sort of didn't, do it right and Mm -hmm. she got pregnant they didn't get married and then she was able to take her son out of the state so brian didn't have access to him Mm. and um i mean so we've kind of talked around being careful and you know uh, just really thinking before acting um so yeah with trav i mean yeah if he if anything happened I, i would be right there with him um but, you know, like I said, for me, it's complicated because, you know, I mean, I, I think I see so many ramifications with women who have abortions that they don't expect. And then I think, well, was that better? Right. I don't know. I don't think it was better. And, um, and I can't think of sort of the fetuses not having any rights either. And yet women should have rights you know for me it's very complicated right right but you asked about travis and um i would just hope that you know with all of my talk and and going on and on about people being in really awful situations because they didn't think about it and really plan and and think ahead that um that, that it doesn't happen that way for him. Yeah. But, you know. And the dilemma, too, though, is really kids' brains aren't done developing right. until they're 24 years old. Right. And, right. So, and we you know, keep reminding him of that, yeah. actually. It's like, you know what? This is why you shouldn't drink right. yet. And you should put it off as long as possible because the earlier you create that pathway in the brain, the more likely it is, if you have alcoholism in your family, that you will be alcoholic. Right. Yeah. And he goes, I know. So he thinks about this. Thinks about it. You know? yeah. And it's not even just that. It's that they don't even have the capacity to think. Like, we're, we're, we're telling them to make these moral decisions and think about it ahead of time. But it's like, well, they're, like, brain damaged until they're 24. <laughs> it's like they really aren't. It's like, duh? You know, what? Oh, I didn't think. It's like, I don't know. so many I times know. I'd say, why did you do that? And they don't yeah. have an answer. They're like, I don't know. So. I don't know. I don't really see it that way. But I know what you mean because the brain is malleable and isn't formed yet and and you know you think okay you can vote you can go to war you you should be able you know and their Mm -hmm. brain is still putty it's still coming into what it's going to be 
Right. Yeah. Logical yeah. consequences don't occur to them. But really, you know, con- you know, consequences don't really occur to anyone until they have to face consequences. Right. Right. At least not me. Right. <laughs> That's not how I've been I do think it's it. an interesting yeah. question about what of our lives we owe our kids, what of our stories we... I mean, not mm-hmm. maybe owe oh, them is probably the wrong word, but you know what what they should have access to and what they can learn from our mistakes. And you have a, a nine-year-old, Marie. Have you talked to her about any of this? Eleven. Eleven. Um, I'm sorry. No, any of like sex, whatever. Not too much yet. I mean, she's really at the cusp of Just you know hitting puberty. Right. I mean, so she's, those books, what to expect when you're not expecting, <laughs> but what I'm, you know, what's happening to me. Right. They're just starting that at yeah. school, and I'm supporting it at home. She's year, you know. I mean, I started all of this very late. I'm still waiting for my breasts to come in, <laughs> but I think you <laughs> they know, she'll fantastic. be on the later end <laughs> of the spectrum. So you know, I'm not. I, I'm, I answer everything she comes to me with, and I'm a pretty open mom, I have to say. Um, so there's, there's nothing that I'm unwilling to talk about. If you listen to this show, you'll know that's true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, Are it just Are you open with up. your daughter, then? About, you know, like how many partners I've had or something? Well, whatever. <laughs> Have you ever had an abortion? I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not engaging in the... Uh, <laughs> oh, you're just the host, okay. I'm just the host. I've been down this path on this show. I know. I've had the tables turned on me many times. Uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, I feel like she... I feel like if she came to me in trouble, or, you know, if, if she had questions, I would be very open with her about, you know, whatever she needed help with. But I don't think you have to go to your kids and say, here's no. my experience. I lost it, my virginity know, at blah, 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 no, and I did they, this. You know? they, they'll use it against you in a court of law. Right. <laughs> and when, when right. they need to know, I mean, Travis has come to me a number of times about things when he's needed to know. And then we talk about whatever it is he needs to know, and maybe he's done that with his dad, too. You know, it's like, you know, kind of like, you know, when you're writing, like backstory. How soon do you put it in the back? You put it in when you need it there. You don't, you know. Right. Yeah. There's no reason to alert people no. to things. No, that they it's don't and it's a burden for your children to. I don't, you know, to know too much. Yeah, they don't want. They don't need to, because then they see you. They put you in a box because they're still, un, their brains are still unformed, and they don't see you as a whole person. They see you as your mom, and oh, my mom did this. Oh my gosh, you know, or my mom's this way. Ooh. Yeah, no, I think you that's, know. Right. that's right. You know, there's something. I mean, you know, we're in this political time, and you know, candidates and abortion and all this stuff, and. When um, at the last election, it was really interesting with our church, which is Roman Catholic Church, and um, and you know, so you would think that it would, you know, church officials would say, you know, you got to vote for the Republican guy because he's the one that's against abortion and all that. But you know, it was really interesting because what sort of came through was, you know, you don't judge on just one thing, one issue, one one platform, right. You know, right? And I found that really interesting because it's not the view people have of Catholics. You know, That's it's good like, you know, what else is he about? It, yeah, know? yeah, right. Anyway. We had a guy. Do you remember this, Dana? The um, the religious uh, kind of former religious guy who hit bottom. He had an affair and he <laughs> Which lost <one>? everything. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Uh, he was lived homeless for a long time. Anyway, he was talking about you know we we always pigeonhole Catholics. You know, there's all of this baggage that goes along with saying you're Catholic or you're mm-hmm. born again Christian or whatever. You make all of these assumptions about people that just aren't true based on a label, mm-hmm. and um, we certainly do that with candidates, I think. Yes, that's, we do that's that. I have a Catholic Buster 
in the abortion vein that just came to me. Yeah. My next door neighbor, um, when I was living, uh, back when I was living in Orange County, years ago, I had a next door neighbor. She was a Mexican immigrant, and you know she's Catholic. She does her she does her bit, and I had the same assumption everyone had about them. And then one day she comes to me and asks me, "How do we get her daughter an abortion?" Hmm. And her daughter was very young. Um, so I think it's a personal thing, and even if you kind of, you know, stick to some of the doctrine, I don't know. You got to pick and choose for yourself, just with candidates and with you know religious dogma. It's got to be what works for you. Yeah, I've been trying to look as we're sitting here on statistics on abortion. I know one third of pregnancies are not planned. One uh, woman dies every seven minutes from an. Um, from an illegal abortion so wait a minute really still right now one minute woman dies every seven minutes from an Ill- illegal abortion that's worldwide because abortion oh. is illegal yeah. in most places in yeah the we're not that's not happening in so. the united states no i hope I'm not like what you know, i hope not this is worldwide you know okay. i have a little story and i think i mean it's really kind of interesting with these planned parenthoods and like the clinics because i really don't like planned parenthood anymore i think there's too much encouragement for abortion when you go into a clinic um, especially, well, I have, I had a friend who got pregnant. She wasn't married and everybody around her, she was, I don't know, in her thirties, late thirties, everybody around her is telling her to have an abortion. She goes for the pregnancy test. She goes into the clinic up on Birch street and they say, okay, Tess, you're pregnant. When would you like your abortion? Oh, wow. No counseling. <laughs> oh, that's wow. so amazing. That no actually counsel- happened to me. And I just am remembering it when you said it. No counseling, no counseling. Like, well, you have this option, this option, this option. It was just like, okay, when do you want to schedule? When are you free? It was like scheduling a hair appointment. She had her child. Yeah. I think I was the only person she knew encouraging her to have the baby, and now she's very happy she did. But, you know, I mean, that yeah, like, yeah. like when do you, what color, no color cut, you know? <sighs> wow. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just way too easy. And that didn't just happen to me the first time. It happened to me both times. That I, because I went to Planned Parenthood, and they were literally mm-hmm. like, "Okay, when do you want to schedule?" Because my age was, I mean, they just assumed. And even when I got pregnant with my um, my son, um, I was actually getting my tonsils out, and I had to go in, and I had, you know, I was just stupid, you know, idiot with my period. I had no idea when it was coming or going, and um, I said, oh, "I'm late." So they ran a pregnancy test, and they found out I was pregnant. So I couldn't. They were like, "Well, when, you know, when are you gonna have your abortion so that we can st- get take your tonsils out?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know if I'm getting." <laughs> Abortion. I was like, ah. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah. I mean, three times now was it was it like default? abortion. Yeah. It was just like an assumption. It. Uh, the, the interesting thing to me is how. I mean, I. I don't know how. I can't find the statistic right now on how many women have had abortions, in the U.S. or otherwise. But um, it's not uncommon. Let's say that, right? But it seems like every woman feels completely alone when it happens to her. You, as you're both saying, uh, I didn't really tell anybody. I'd tell you that I've had. You know a facelift mm-hmm. before I tell you I had an abortion. Um, I don't know. It just seems like for it being a relatively, I mean, you know, I'm sure STDs also are relatively common and nobody goes around announcing those either. Mm-hmm. But it, it's such an isolating thing, it, it sounds It seems like. like it's one of those, well, it doesn't seem like it. It is one of those things where there's been times in my life, you know, going through, I was married for 19 years to my first husband and you can go through a divorce and traumatic things like that. Um, where things happen and 
it's so painful you don't even there's nothing anyone can say that will make you feel better and so perhaps that may be why women choose not to even say mm-hmm. anything because you just you when you get into a hole that deep and dark it's really like wow you know there's yeah. <laughs> what do you what else why it's telling people would only <laughs> kind of make it worse because then people yeah. are going to give you their opinion and you're going to have to deal, you know, it's the same with, if, you know, having cancer or anything like that. People don't want to tell that many people if you're going through a mm-hmm. breakup because then you have to deal with everybody else's opinion or burden. Yeah, you know, that's really, you know, I'm totally remembering things I haven't thought of in, you know, I don't know, centuries. But, you know, because after, after mine, I, I left Vermont and drove to a hotel, motel in Woodstock, New York. And I just, I was in this hotel room for three days writing and, you know, bleeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking out mm-hmm. over the balcony, I was alone. There was nobody I wanted to call. Nothing. I was just like, okay, this is what. So I you both sought out solitude. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? That you really wanted to be by yourself. Yeah, because you got into a car by yourself. Oh yeah, yourself. went home and I, I had I lived on the third floor in our house. We had a pretty. I lived in a pretty huge house growing up, because I'm just so special. And um, no, but I uh, I went up. And my mother didn't, she thought I was going to my sister's, so she didn't know I was home. Mm. Nobody knew I was up there. And I just stayed up there for a couple of days mm. and snuck yeah. down, grabbed food, and went back up. Interesting. I don't know why I always have this hippie-ish kind of, you know, why don't we all draw from the strength of women? But maybe that's not what women want. Maybe. Well, I certainly do that now. I have lovely women friends who um, are very mature and drama-free. There's not a lot of them, but there's a few. And um, I choose to spend my time and share my time in my personal miseries with them and they do the same but you have to pick and choose because people for the most part it seems like a lot of women are like you know real housewives in beverly hills and you know you can't just throw your your stuff out there and trust people you know especially with the internet and right just the gossip sense of right i'm really curious and i wish allison had stayed for this part of it to find out that this generation coming up now of girls have plan b Mm-hmm. that none of us girls had a, a thousand years ago, um, and how that changes, if that would change your feeling on it, if taking Plan B, which I think is, a, I, I don't know much about it, but I think it's a pill you take in the aftermath of unprotected sex that yeah, then just induces a period. Take it right, right afterwards so that it just and it well, makes you, clean, cleans you out. Yeah, you know, I used to, I mean, a few times that happened when I was a teenager, and I went to Planned Parenthood, and they gave me something. Oh, they the had day a day after, okay. and they had something. They weren't calling. They're just, well, just take this. <laughs> wow. Okay. Back in the seventies, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it worked, huh? Well, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It interesting. It's interesting. I didn't think yeah. that deeply about stuff. I mean, it was just like, just hope it doesn't happen. It's not possible. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. That's how I'm afraid that my 22-year-old daughter thinks. Yeah. I think yeah. she's just kind of like, well, it hasn't happened, and we're yeah. magical thinking. Were yeah. you using failed birth control, Elizabeth? You said you weren't on birth control, but you were. Um, you know, at the time when I was young, I, I wasn't really using any birth control. But then um, I was actually using a diaphragm, but I took it out too soon because mm-hmm. I wanted to go dancing. You know, you're just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I can't dance with this diaphragm frisbee thing up in there. <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, I, so I was born in the 70s, and my mom, I must have been like eight years old, and she was like, I just want you to know, you should go to Planned Parenthood. Do you want to go now? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I <laughs> Really? She was so Planned Parenthood oriented, oh. and she started that drumbeat from days, like, early. I don't know, but anyway, she was, 
very concerned well, that something would happen. I'm and not a fan of Planned Parenthood at all. But this was in the 70s, yeah. so... Then I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess then it's everybody definitely, was. It's definitely changed, yeah. It's more of a, an abortion factory at and, this point. You know, and I mean, we... Taxes, we... $900 in 2009, I think it was sort of something to the effect of $932 per abortion was federally funded. Hmm. It was allocated for... Yeah. Yeah, that so seems per like person. per person. You know, and in fact, in out of our taxes. Yeah, the tax money is just such a huge waste. It's just I just read about it on my show. I read the top twenty worst right, yeah. things we're spending money spending on. Spending money yeah. on it's like ridiculous. Dan, are you still there? Yeah, I wonder if we would prefer you know, a society where we don't subsidize that and where we have even more teen pregnancies. Is there a better way? Do we have a better idea, I guess? Well, I, I wouldn't think that all of them are teen pregnancies. I mean, no. it's just Planned Parenthood. I think that, honestly, it should be, if, you're, if you want to, you know, have a pro-choice, you need to be proactive and take responsibility for it and pay for it yourself. I don't think that's something yeah. that we should pay for. Um, you know, I think that's up. And I think that if there were more consequences, you know, anyone who's raised a child into adulthood or even just raising children currently... It's really simple parenting is you inflict natural, you know, logical consequences onto your child so they learn a mm-hmm. lesson. If if you don't have a consequence, if you're like, oh, I'll just go get an abortion and the government will pay for it. Right. No, it's like, oh, gosh, if I get pregnant, I have to get abortion. I have to pay for it yeah. or I have to have pay for a baby. You know, maybe people will think a little bit more. It'll become more of a reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just that people are so willing to just give out something for free. And it's like sometimes giving people something for free isn't the best thing for them there has to be a um there has to be a um a generation who really has to suffer consequences and you know we've given more free stuff to americans in in our children's lifetime and and um and the results you know i just read a study on it i wish i could quote it um but i'm sorry i can't um but it it basically we're in worse shape than ever Mm -hmm. because we haven't you know really had to our kids are not suffering yeah. natural, healthy consequences, and they're, you know, they're not doing well as a result. So there have been 55 million abortions since um, abortions have become legal, mm. from 73 to 2011. Mm-hmm. I have to say, if you add 55 million people to the planet, we'd be in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. If, if, like you said, there were more consequences and there were just more everything, more mm-hmm. education, more, you know, less poverty. I don't know. I mean, it's like, where's the answer? I, I have know. a question for Dana, if you don't mind. Dana, mm-hmm. I was asked Mr. Zero this, and I'm curious about you. If you um, were to get your girlfriend or wife pregnant and you really wanted to have a baby and she didn't, um, how would you feel about her having an abortion? If she wanted to have an abortion, it would mean we're probably not suited for each other. Right. So, so what would you she do? Could, she would have her abortion, and I would probably have to move on to someone who wanted to have children. Yeah. But how would you, I mean, would you be, ups, like, upset if you really wanted that child, and would that bother yes. you? or? It would be upsetting if maybe we had already discussed it, and she said, yes, let's have kids. And then it happens, and she's like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> Is that, that something you discuss? Is that something you discuss? I mean, you as a man... That's something that I do talk about ahead of time. And usually the thing I discuss is I do not want children. Mm-hmm. And then I do take precautions. Um, like I said, I've never been the 
cause of an abortion, as far as I know. I've never been involved in driving a woman or telling or asking her what she's going to do. I've never done any of those things. I am careful. But I think I am in the minority because I see a lot of messes. Yeah. Uh, so I did find a couple of interesting statistics here. Americans' views concerning abortion. 79% do not support the current on abortion on demand policy that's in place now saying abortion should be legal only in some circumstances or illegal in all circumstances so the majority of people think it should be legal only in some circumstances but almost 80 percent do not but here's the thing this is what i don't get is if you start policing abortions and and this is literally allison and i are writing a musical about this it's like if you so you go in you say okay i got raped it's legitimate (laughs) i need an abortion well how are they going to Prove or disprove? I mean, well, okay, did you file a police report? Well, no, you didn't file a police report right away. We don't believe it was legitimate. I mean, what, at what point? And then, and then what happens to a woman if she decides, well, I'm going to get an abortion anyway. She has an illegal abortion. Does she get the death penalty? Does she go to jail? I mean, are we really going to police women? I mean, when people are proposing this legislation, there's no possible way we have the money, resources, or anything to, to police women's pregnancies. Right. I mean, that's just, it's ludicrous. It's a little ludicrous, yeah. (laughs) I I agree with you. I think that's ludicrous. Uh, 78% believe women who have abortions commonly experience moderately severe to very severe negative emotional reactions to the abortion. Not surprising. 95%. That's surprising? No, I said not surprising. Oh, right. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I know. I was like, what? I missed that. Maybe I'll just not surprise better not next surprising. time. <laughs> I was like, I must have heard that wrong. Sorry. Uh, 95% of women want to be informed of all the risks of a medical procedure. 69% want to be informed of the alternatives. Uh, 64% of women who experience one or more abortions felt pressured by others to mm. have the abortion, which is something you both report. Mm-hmm having experience that's interesting um and the reason women have abortions most because it would a child would interfere with work school or other responsibilities um equally tied they can't afford to have the child um 50 percent say they don't want to be a single parent or they're having relationship problems with the partner and less than two percent say they became pregnant as a result of rape or incest so the rape or incest thing Mm -hmm. is not a it's not a not a factor so much yeah but um well i mean that's a whole other situation <laughs> yeah well right right but um and these are from i don't even know where this the, mm. oh the minnesota citizens concerned for life so that'll tell you that the uh yeah you have but to you look know, where these uh but i was looking from. around too and even i mean even if you go on like yahoo answers i mean it's all the same stuff yeah it's not just pro-life statistics you know because i'm looking like comparing right. today in preparation for this and they were they were pretty statistics much. were statistics pretty much okay pretty that's much. A, that's good to hear you know it's interesting. interesting that's good to hear because i thought these would be very skewed mm. i mean what a political topic so mm-hmm. i thought these would be very skewed mm. yeah and it really it to, in my opinion has no business um it's so stupid that it's at the forefront of our election and politics like this is somehow you know people literally gauge like you know he's you know pro-choice or he's pro-life or he's pro this or pro that you know it's just like what it has, you know, so little to do with what's going on in our economy and our, our, you know, financial crisis that we're heading into and our debt and our... There's Although if we stopped funding, then we could take that, like, $300 million and put it somewhere else. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> Closing thoughts, any uh, last minute, one minute? We have one minute. Oh, gee. Thoughts, anyway. Where'd you get that top? It's really cute. Thanks. <laughs> 
I want that. Like sports authority or something. It's really cute. <laughs> you know, I just wish there were more. There was more counseling involved. Like the one percentage that sixty-four percent of women wish they knew the options. I mean, walking into the clinics and having that be the option. Or aftermath counseling. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely, I understand that Planned Parenthood is a business, and they're in the business of abortion, um, but maybe, yeah, it would be nice if they weren't like, when do you want your abortion? If if they could say, hey, here's the movie Silent Scream. It's not, there's no special effects. It's not a trick movie. It's a a sonogram of a woman getting an abortion. You can see it. This is what you want. You can see the, yeah, and it's like, or, you know, hey, by the way, if you don't, you know, you can get abortion. This is the reality of it, and then if you, um you know, don't want that, here are some options. Mm-hmm. Here's some clinics that can go and we'll help you right. with your health or we'll help you with your baby's needs. And, you know, there's other options, but this certainly were not presented to me in the 80s and it doesn't sound mm-hmm. like it was presented to you in the 70s. And um, I can't imagine, I mean, I don't know what's happening in the 90s. It would have been interesting, yeah, to hear mm-hmm. if Allison knew anything um, about that. But, yeah. yeah. Sadly, we've drawn down on our time. I feel like we could talk about this for another two hours, but... <laughs> I need a drink. We do not have... Yeah, we all need a drink. You have been tuned into the chat room on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Andy Vasoyan will be here midnight uh, with... What is, is it? it? Midnight Anthem. A midnight Anthem with Andy Vasoyan. With Andy Vasoyan. Coming up next on KUCI, Dana and I will be right back here with you next Friday night, so please join us then. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend.